Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak on a Fan Friday edition of Locked On NFL Draft. I the just welcome keep... <laughs> inside was like a little bit soft, and I was like, yo, is Trev good? Like, are we awake? No, I just... And then you sat on that Fan Friday just... <laughs> right over the play i was like never mind we're good we're fine we're all right we're all right we're all right no i've been i've been screaming into the other ones and i know that's kind of like my thing to start the podcast but i feel like i've been like blowing the mic out a little bit so i was trying Sometimes to be a you gotta cautious. hit him with a head fake you got like i was leaning into it now because i was like oh the jab is weak and then just bam the cross came took my jaw out all right see this is good then it worked out perfectly i also feel like i'm extending the on a beautiful just a little bit more every oh. single week <laughs> It's the way you say beautiful. <laughs> give it a big view at the gotta, top. You know, get it, gotta give people the pizzazz. Gotta get the energy going, even though it wasn't at the top with the welcome inside as much. You know, yeah. I, I I reallocated it to a different part of the podcast that was still at the beginning. So you know, we're jazzed. We're I good to go. That. Ben, how are you, my friend? Everything is delicious, Trev. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm reaching the end of my like post Lent fasting, gorging myself, eating terribly all the time. Oh yeah, nice. I got my second shot, and so I got a day full of big, sick boy sad. And now I'm like, oh, no, it's time to start going to the gym again. Did no. You, uh... <laughs> no. Better myself? I've got a Healthy? face? I have got a face? What I sowed during the pandemic? <laughs> oh, no. It's time to reap. Like, ah, oh, dang it. Here we go. <laughs> did you have a, did you have, like, a certain, like, sick food? Like, when you were, uh, when you were feeling, like, down in the dumps from the second shot? No, I just housed Gatorade like there was no tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, no, I just I, I I rolled up to the COVID station drinking Gatorade, and she was like, "That's a good idea," and I was like, "Yep." Also, I uh, had a wonderful experience getting my second shot. Great time, really. With I, as a person who appreciates logistics very much. Oh um, yeah, here we go. Great okay. organization. Just pop, spot, spot, spot was awesome. With that said, I think that I'm late enough in the process now where they like just assume I know everything. Nobody told me. After I got the second shot, they're like, "Hey, you might feel bad tomorrow." They're just like, "Yep, great job." And I was like, "If uh, imagine if you lived under a rock, you'd be like, I got the vaccine. I am powerful.'" And then the next day, you'd be like, oh, "You're right." <laughs> no, because nobody was like, "Hey, like this is a thing." But obviously, like at this point, everybody everybody knows, knows right? Everybody. Like, we're just not doing this right, huh? I didn't think of that because yeah, you probably feel awful the next day, and you might just like if you if you actually didn't hear right. about it, that it that it will make you very fatigued. I, you'd be you would be freaking been like, out, <laughs> right? But either way, didn't even think of that until right now. Uh, your first Fan Friday question is via me, your co-host, when I ask you what flavor Gatorade was the Gatorade of choice. I got orange, and usually I don't go to orange. Is oh, not usually no. the go-to. Uh, but or here's ben, what happened. Ben, what orange? So here's what happened. I haven't had Gatorade in a bajillion years. Don't I don't. I have no reason to drink Gatorade. I'm not an athlete. I'm not breaking news here. Um, <laughs> Mayor has, in the last couple of weeks, gotten her second shot mm-hmm. and got her wisdom teeth out. Oh! And, 
Yeah, and both times, she obviously, fluids was important, and she really likes orange Gatorade. And so twice recently, I've had to purchase Gatorade and then not consume any of it. And both times it was orange Gatorade. So when I was going to get my Gatorade, I was like, I wanted the orange Gatorade because I, there was orange Gatorade in this house earlier, and I didn't get to have the orange Gatorade. And then as I was drinking, I was like, I like other flavors of Gatorade better. This is spiteful and unreasonable. I think, but I think orange I might be my least favorite flavor of, like, the common Gatorade. Like, I'm not talking about, like, the, the kiwi watermelon ones. Like, that you get out of here with that. It's the same thing with Pokemon. We're talking about original 150, or we're not talking about it at all. With Gatorade, like- it's like... Lemon lime is god tier, and then cool blue or like Arctic blue, whatever it is. I can't remember the exact name. And then like Those the, are two separate things. The cool. lighter blue one is better than the darker blue one, but they're both good. Okay, my hot take, which this applies to pretty much every single flavored thing in the entire world, uh, and that nobody agrees with ever, is that the purple Gatorade is good. I like the purple flavor. I think purple. I, is, I prefer flavor of almost everything, and I, I always get yelled at. I like the purple Gatorade more than I like the orange Gatorade. I like the purple Gatorade more than. I like the purple. Don't Gatorade say it. Don't say it. I like purple Starbucks, Starburst, just Starburst have purple. I don't know. Do you like uh, the purple Gatorade more than the lemon lime Gatorade? Probably. Oh Lord. Okay. No, we're getting to the questions. I'm I'm bailing on this before I have to lose a co-host via opinions. Um, this 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 first question isn't actually a question, but I thought it was funny, so I wanted to make sure that we read it. Tim Tebow wouldn't be half as famous slash infamous as he is. If not for his alliterative name, nobody cares about <laughs> Jeff Tebow. <laughs> the first half of this take doesn't work for me. I'm like, nah, it doesn't make any sense. He's still be very talented. And like, then oh, it's fine. And then it says nobody cares about Jeff Tebow. I'm like, yo, nobody would care about Jeff Tebow. Right. That's why I put it in here because it's such right. a ridiculous take. And mm-hmm. then you read the words Jeff Tebow. Like, what if his name was Brad? Brad Tebow? That guy does not have a successful college or NFL career at all is, whatsoever. Like, Tebow is a very tough name, tough last name to get a musical first name with. So you really have to rely on right. alliteration. Tom Tebow, Tim Tebow. Are there other male names that start with T? Tim, uh, Trevor, what are you, an idiot? Oh, that's my bad. That's on me. I'm I'll sitting right here. I'm right here. <laughs> Trevor Tebow, that didn't even sound as good. This is the, sec- this is the second podcast. This is the second <laughs> Fan Friday in a row where we have actively called somebody an idiot. <laughs> I uh I I tell this to Mare all the time. Like we have kids. We get, they got to have cool names cuz the only way you become a good professional athlete is by having a cool name. And like okay, so Tim o- was o- Osiris Solak. Right. But Tim T was yes. Equ- thank you. You get it. Equiminius Equ- Equ- <laughs> Solak. <laughs> uh but like Tim T was a perfect example whereas yes, if his name was Kevin, then he would have been like a decent college quarterback, but because his name was Tim Heisman winner. I can't wait to meet Amon Ra Solak. Amon Ra Saint Solak. <laughs> Middle name is Saint. Middle name is Saint. Mm. I. What do you think about the Tim Tebow stuff? Actually, like we 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 can we can just talk about Tebow here. Actually, potentially signing with the Jaguars. I feel like you know, like everybody's freaking out about it, and I get why they're freaking out about it because you sit here and you go, okay, Tebow's never played tight end before. He's only ever been a quarterback. He hasn't even played in the NFL for years. He was playing baseball, and he just he's getting this job because Urban Meyer knows him, and he's taking away from somebody like younger who deserves it, and this could be their shot in the NFL. And I do totally get that, but 
I, this is almost inevitable. Like, if Tebow had any inclination at all to play in the NFL again, this is where he was going to play. He was going to play in Jacksonville. He was going to play for Urban Meyer. Like, I just, when I saw this news, I went, yep, all right, that's about yep. right. I, here's where I am. I am not the biggest fan of Tim Tebow as a person. Just I think some of the stuff he does is annoying, and some of the stuff he does is interesting, and some of the stuff he does is for show, whatever. I do objectively in a vacuum admire the fact that Tebow, like, you know, had such a successful college career, tried to make it in the NFL, failed to stick in the NFL, and was like, I'm just going to try to make it an MLB. And it's like, all right, that's nuts. And 99% of us would have been like, no, because that's extremely steep odds and you'd be a very public embarrassment if you failed but he just went for it and obviously like i think he did better than i anticipated at least he like was on a farm team right like that's cool yeah well i can't um, remember what the highest level he got up to because he didn't get to the majors i think double right. a is the highest he got up to i if i even knew how the rankings worked i would be able to tell you but i don't because so it's baseball it goes single a that's the lowest well I, I i actually think that there's there might be something below single a but it's like single a double a triple a and then you get to the majors right so i think you made it to double a yeah that and then it's like hey you have an opportunity to go back to the nfl and play tight end and again i think a lot of us would be like no because i don't know how to do that and everybody's gonna make fun of me and I know I would. I'd be like, I don't need that attention. And Tim's like, no, I'm going to go do this. I admire that in a vacuum. In oh. context, this is dumb. Get a real tight end. But also, like, is how much is this going to matter if you got, you know, a street tight end instead of Tim Tebow? Probably not that much in terms of wins, losses. So live your dreams, Urban Meyer, which, you know, most of your dreams suck. Um, but... Tim Tebow is your guy, so go ahead and get him. And there's no secret this is how the league works. Right. The Eagles right. have signed four defensive free agents this entire offseason. Three of them are ex-Vikings. Right. You know what I mean? Which is where Gannon <laughs> got his major right. coaching break was under Zimmer. You know what I mean? Like, then yeah. Everybody knows this is how it goes. So it's not like Urban and Tebow are doing anything different. It's just a lot starker because of how long Tebow's been out of the league and the fact that he's never played tight end before. Uh, by the way, Tebow actually did make it to AAA, so, uh, you know, I had to give him his credit there. He also— Big ups, Timothy. Played on the Mets spring training roster in 2019, and I believe on 2020 as well. So, uh, yeah, big ups, Tim. If your name was Jeff, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Okay, next Fan Friday question. <laughs> Matt said, Trevor, does your face start grinning when Ben hits the next octave three to four minutes into a rant like mine does? Yes, of course. It's wonderful for everyone who didn't listen to the NFC East draft recap podcast, which I believe was Thursdays. I believe it was yesterday's. Please do so, and just go to the last ten minutes of the podcast where Ben. What I what is my? I didn't know my voice goes up an octave. I wasn't aware this was a thing that happened. When, you know what? To Ben's credit, he does a very calm, poised, strategic, educational view of the Eagles draft class. And and then, th and then I mentioned Justin Fields, and now all hell breaks loose. And if you didn't listen to it, you need to go listen to it. This question's from Socks. I don't know if that's his legal name, but it's what their Twitter name is. It's good enough for me. What are the top three stadiums to visit on your bucket list? So I, I originally kind of thought that this was just NFL, but did you go like wider scope, like all different sports and college included yeah, for this? Two, 
I did all football because that's just like those are the stadiums that I think about. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. But okay. Okay. Two of mine are college. All right. What are they? What are your two? Yeah, I generally vibe with the college stadiums more. Um, so I've never been to the Rose Bowl. Very much want to go to the Rose Bowl. I think that's a classic one, but like I'd, I'd love to. Um, Husky Stadium, which is the Washington, uh, the University of Washington Stadium. If you've never seen it or looked it up, but obviously it's like Washington's like a, a good program. So it's got a ton of history and everything. Go look at a shot of Husky Stadium at night. It seems like the coolest thing in the entire world. Uh, it's right up against the the bay or the harbor or whatever. It goes over the Pacific Ocean. It looks really, really nice. Uh, so Husky Stadium has always been a a dream of mine seems sick and then there's like 10 bajillion like famous famous ones like i've never been to the big house you know what i mean and like i live in michigan it feels like that's one that i need to do Mm -hmm. uh i've not been to most nfl stadiums you know what i mean like i've obviously done lincoln financial and i've done soldier field but like i haven't been to a lot of other ones uh so i have the the mercedes-benz superdome like i very much want to go see that and that that seems like the current standard for nfl stadiums yeah uh, with that said like you know i think sofi is probably gonna try to be that allegiance gonna be that within a year or two so right I, you want to go to all of those right like at&t as well like you want to go and like see them because they're humongous and crazy um but those aren't those like those are less like nostalgic reasons those are more so like i don't know i want to be attending an event that happens there because i want to see the scale of it i went to at&t stadium to actually cover a final four um, I've never been there for a football game, but I got to when I was when I was covering the Florida Gators when they were in the Final Four. There, it was cool to do that as a media member because you were, of course, like underneath the stadium and and going through all the hallways and the bones of it and everything. And then you like you pop out yeah. and you've got your seat and it's like right there. And the stadium's just so massive. So that's that's yeah. a very that's a that I was a really say, cool one. Yeah, one of my favorite things about covering NFL games because you get the locker room access afterward yes is getting to walk through the bones of a stadium yes. that's always really, yes. really cool and again yep. as a person who appreciates logistics when a stadium is like nicely built i'm always like oh how intuitive this I, is very pleasing to me when i was when i was working for pewter report i tried to go to as many away games as i could because I, I i want to check off all of the stadiums kind of like uh right. that, that i've been to and so i've been to Quite a few. I mean, I haven't been to uh, the the new one in Las Vegas. I haven't been to the to the Rams new one. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I've I've been to Lambo. Lambo's awesome. Everybody needs to go there. I've been to Mercedes Benz. I've been to both the Atlanta one and the New Orleans one. I got to go to the to not the Rose Bowl, um, the Coliseum, a couple of years ago. And let me tell you. That was freaking cool. Just well, I I showed I showed up to that game like four hours early, just so I could walk around the whole stadium, like the outside area, the, the press box area, underneath it, down onto the field. Like it was the coolest feeling being in the Coliseum. So I love that as well. But like ones that I haven't been to that I really want to go to, I'll probably just go with college because I always feel like the college atmosphere is is. The, the more memorable one, especially when you go to a really great game, Rose Bowl is up there. The Horseshoe, Ohio State Stadium. I, I think that I would, I would, a bucket list yes. thing is is going to see Ohio State and Michigan in the Horseshoe. I've been to the Big House, didn't see, didn't see an Ohio State game, but I've been to that one. And then, um, the other one that I want to see is LSU Florida game at night in Louisiana at LSU in Death Valley. I feel like that would be a great game. And then I got a shout out of Virginia Tech as well because everyone tells me that when Virginia Tech is at least kind of good 
and they're like playing Clemson on Thursday night in Blacksburg that it is one of the greatest stadium experiences of all time. And anybody who has ever been able to attend one of those will tell you the same thing. And I, I've heard that commonality there. So those are those are a handful of the NFL and pro stadiums that, that I would love to see. I'm very excited for people to get vaccinated, people to be safe, people to be smart, and for things to go back to normal because I miss sporting events, man. I miss Absolutely, seeing... Yeah thousands tens and thousands of people going crazy for sports and i i, I miss that the, the tailgating beforehand the party that happens after the fact i mean i miss all that stuff so much so uh I, it seems like we're trending in the right direction which is great because i'd love to get back to that sense of normalcy with sports again because that's something i definitely miss i, I said that yesterday after the cdc was like we start not wearing masks and it's like okay well there's a lot that goes into that but right every time a new thing gets announced where it's like oh this sounds like a step back to normalcy i just restart thinking about football games right and right i was not a huge like go to live events guy beforehand and so i can't imagine for people who are like really really into like that experience and going through that process and everything what it's like but i can't wait to see people and do things it's gonna be awesome i know i know i'm very excited about it as well joe asked this one little known fact but it is written in the Constitution that everyone mm. needs to have at least one meal that they cook really, really well. I'm sure 75% of that is accurate, he said. What is the best meal that you cook? Steak. I think that's mine as well. I Don't think like another, why would why what why would you need another meal? Look, as someone as regimented as myself who can literally eat the same three things every day for like my entire life, I I, I definitely hear you on that one. Mm-hmm. You should probably diversify your cooking a little bit, but, you know, I hear you that steak's the king. Yep. I found a butcher that I like. Took me a year, but I found a good one. Nice. Uh, made a 20-ounce T-bone the other night. Ooh, Very simple. Look at you. Uh, salt, pepper, a little bit of a, a steak seasoning if you're feeling frisky. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a big marinate guy because I like steak a little bit tough. TBH, but obviously, like, I'm very well-marinated. Steaks are very good. Um... And then, yeah, either grill it or reverse sear it, baby, depending on how cold it is outside and whether or not you want to stand on the grill for that long. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not big on uh, – I'm not super big on marinating steaks either. And I, I, I think that the big reason is because I really do love just the taste of red meat. Yeah, and exactly. So, like, a lot of people, like, throw marinade on there. And, and like you said, like, it can sometimes tender it up really nice, and, and it, can, it, it can make for a great steak. I just – that's not my – personal preference i'd I'd rather just kind of like you said almost be a little bit simple a little bit of steak seasoning some salt some pepper you get some uh some good butter on there if you want when you're letting it rest and you get some more juices back in there but i like the authentic kind of a steak flavor i i I like spending more i guess i don't want to say time because that doesn't feel right but i think it's more important to just pick the right cut of meat than it is the loading of the seasoning that goes on steak like first obviously for different kinds of foods you've got a lot more seasoning that you would put into it to enhance the flavors but for steak like i'm using most of my brain power and most of my planning just to like get the right cut of meat and let that cut of meat almost right. like do the work so i agree i think that it's steak it's steak for me too it's like steak and if it wasn't steak for me it'd be hamburger like i'm a very simple person people like, yeah this like is just this is what we're doing oh uh, you know this I, I can't I can't sit here and say that this is the best meal that I've cooked or anything, but I found a carbonara recipe this week. And that is my favorite way to cook pasta. 
And the recipe that I found this week, which is a little bit different, you're undercooking the pasta a little bit, and then you're kind of like throwing some of the the water and then boiling it in a little bit with like the bacon grease that you use to cook the bacon. And then like that's how you finish the pasta in the bacon grease and the water. And it was like, mm-hmm. Whoo, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Can't say that it's the best meal that I've cooked because I've only done it once. But it might be up there next time we get asked this question. Who knows? I think the, the, the unanimous answer is steak, though. Gay Jess is next one. Are leaks of all kinds making live TV more and more boring to watch outside of the actual live sports? Example, draft picks being announced before the TV announces it. Scheduled games getting announced throughout the day on social media before this full schedule release. Free agency deals, etc. Yes and no. If you view TV as this is where the breaking news happens, then yes. Uh, but I think because of what Twitter is and what Twitter has become, TV has an opportunity to become less of this is where the breaking news is and more of an opportunity of the breaking news has been broken. Let's discuss what it means in more detail. And I think you see that in terms of how guys like Schefter and Rap operate. When they break news, they break it all on Twitter. Who gets the tweet out first? Namely, who copy and pastes the tweet first, as we obviously saw this past week with the uh, uh, Charles Leno signing. It was some signing where Rap and Schefter had like the same exact tweet word for word. But anyway, we broke the news. Now we're going to go to television and we're going to cut to Adam Schefter. And we're going to cut to Ian and we're going to ask, like, what does this mean? And they're going to give us more detail. And then we're going to go to our analysis crew and they're going to talk to us. Uh, and so in that sense of like legitimate news, I think that TV has a spot in the draft where it's like tipping picks and whatever. Again, it's like, you know, uh, how much does the pomp and circumstance of the the draft matter to you? If you really like the dramatic Roger Goodell announcement here in the roar of the crowd, which I I enjoy that for sure. Then, yeah, it kind of sucks because if you're on Twitter as well, you might just unintentionally see a leak and now you don't get that opportunity and that blows. But at the same time, again, like to me, the biggest value that, TV brings going to be when they throw to the desk and you start hearing about fits and, and uh, uh, roster ramifications and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? That's what we try to do on our, on our live shows, right? It's like, you know, right, we're, we're announcing the pick. This is the pick the pigs in bang. That's the pick. And now we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, all right, they have these guys on our contract, which means they're trying to do this. And, Oh, we were wondering if they're going to be cover three or off cover and they're drafting a smaller corner. So that, like that, that to me is the, the exciting part, the meat and the potatoes, is that's what I, I really care about in my analysis. So it, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Um, I get why people get frustrated with leaks, both in terms of uh, uh, the draft and, like, you know, free agency signings and whatever. But at the same time, like, I don't know, the good stuff is still the good stuff to me. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree. If you view TV as your source to break news, then, yeah, I think that you're naturally going to be a little bit disappointed. But as you alluded to there, I think that this has been an opportunity, especially over the last couple of years and moving forward, because it's... It, this is, you know, a Pandora's box thing. We, we can't go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, th- I think the NFL and really all of these drafts for pro sports, the NBA and the NFL are the, are the ones that a lot of people care about the most. They're conscious of it, I think, and, and they try. But at the same time, this is a massively viewed event and people will still watch it on TV. So they do have to space things out. And there is the pageantry of hearing the commissioner say the name and watching the family freak out, even though they've known who, what team is going to draft their uh, their family member for, I don't know, probably the, the, the prior 10 to 15 minutes. If... You're looking for TV to break your news. Yeah, I think that you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But this is an opportunity for television to make sure that they are 
always as good as they can be at reactionary analysis, like you just mentioned. Like that, this this provides the bigger broadcasting groups the ability to analyze and react and and do things better than they ever have before. Because I think you're right. Not to not to say they were lazy before, but they could be. They leaned on breaking news. People came to them for that exact news, and that's why people were going to come. Now they have to shift focus a little bit, and they have to go, okay, now people aren't going to just come for us for breaking news. They've got to come to us for our analysis. So uh, maybe boring if you looked at it that way, but this could be something that's a catalyst to where we see even better analysis on major broadcast networks over the last or, or over the next I don't know, three, four, five years as these uh, broadcasting companies try to figure out the best ways to live with social media, you know? So mm-hmm. that's my that's my thoughts there as well. Folks, bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. Get get the pun? Did you get the pun there, Ben? Full swing? Nope. Still Baseball. thinking about it. I'll no. figure it out later. See, okay, you know how we were talking about Tim Tebow before? And like, yeah, like yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. Right, he, play, he played like a different sport. Like he, he uh-huh, started uh-huh. off playing football and then he played a different sport. See, he played Back baseball. All right, all right. And then when, you know, you're, you're playing baseball, part of your objective as a baseball player is to swing a wooden bat. Yeah, I got it. I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm there. So baseball being in full swing, it's kind of like a, you know, uh, playing off of it. Oh, now I'm there. See, all now you're there. Yeah. You can track See? all the action over at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams start to prep for their playoff runs as well as get their regular season kicked off. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. All caps, one word. Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. More of your Fan Friday questions coming up after the break. All right, this next one's from Matthew. Assuming that we are all alive each Sunday. Little shout out to Kyle Shanahan there. Beautiful. What is the can't miss get your chores done for this game each week? So I took this as what Sunday chores do I get done before game start? No, wrong. Okay, how was I supposed to take this? It was what what game on the schedule weeks one through eighteen is the mo- is the can't miss game. He's saying what game is the you got to get your chores done, you got to be ready no matter what. We're catching this game game. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You're dumb. Don't worry, I did that. You, you can tell me your chores. <laughs> uh, laundry. I'm always doing laundry on a Sunday. We're washing the sheets. We're getting clean sheets. We're, lock, we're washing the clothes. We're getting ready for a day. We're laying down in a bed of absolutely clean sheets, getting ready for the Monday, and we're making sure that all of our clothes are washed, dried, folded, in the right spot. We're going to have a good week when we wake up on Monday morning. So that's my chore that I do before games. Yeah, I'm always, I always just remember being in Chicago and going to church and games were starting at 12 Central because it was 1 Eastern and just being on the red line praying that like the train was as efficient as possible train that plan i'd get right on the bus right away get on the 55 to get back to to campus so that i could get there in time for one o'clock game and it never happened i was always watching game pass on my phone at like four percent battery but anyway uh okay so answering the actual question can't miss game of every single week i tried to hold on i'm bring. i'm pulling up the schedule so then i I tried to be non eagles focused Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think I have them on here once. Okay, wait, hold on. <clears throat> wait, 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 hold on, wait. Okay, now I got it. All right. Week one, 
Chicago, Los Angeles Rams. Justin Fields' first start versus Matt Stafford's first start. That's a primetime game. You think Justin Fields is going to start week one, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jets, Panthers, Sam Donald revenge game would be interesting for me if I thought Sam Donald was good. Uh, Wait, hold on. Cleveland's playing at Kansas City. That's not interesting to you? I've got Cleveland and Casey on here like four times, okay? I had to like... Well, they only play twice, so that's not true. Diversify. Okay. What, right, Cleveland, right. and, Cleveland and Kansas City play twice? Yeah, once in the regular season, then once in the AFC Championship. Hello! Okay, well sorry. Done, go on, well go done. on, go on. Week two, Baltimore, Kansas City. Why don't you calm the frick down? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, okay. I feel like they they have good games every time they play. Obviously, week three last year was a lot of fun. Uh, week three this year, Green Bay, San Francisco, 2019 NFC Championship game rematch, assuming Aaron Rodgers on the team. Uh, whether or not Trey Lance starts or not, interesting. Number four, Tampa Bay, New England. That one's very obvious. Number five. Did you see, did you see the ticket tweets about no. like the, the cheapest ticket? What's the cheapest ticket? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna find Greg Allman's tweet really quick because he... this is like the game we used to play when we do the college previews, where it's like you could go to Bowling Green versus Kent State for three dollars. I mean, we're we're absolutely bringing that segment back. Okay, That's I, a good I segment. Where is where is this? Greg Greg tweets a lot, so he's always trying to Greg. make sure that we're absolutely informed. And I can't find the tweet of the prices. Of the tickets. Uh, all right. Anyways, it was like the cheapest. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. Cheapest pair. Cheapest prices for a pair of Bucks Patriots tickets right now for Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Thirteen hundred dollars each on Ticketmaster. So, is that for a pair or is that each? Each. That's okay, two, so. that's you get two tickets. Like they're selling you two tickets, but it's thirteen hundred dollars right. each. Woof. Woof indeed, my friend. Woof I get indeed. It though. It's in New England, right? Yeah, it's in New England. Yeah. Oh God, I hope. I I'd either hope New England murders Tampa or Tampa murders New England. I don't want it to be close. I want to be able to tweet so messy by the third quarter. Oh my goodness. All right. Week five, uh-huh. Buffalo, Kansas City. Okay, I've got two home KC games on here already through five weeks. Uh Good game. week six, Tampa Bay Philly. The pod game. Oh, Very the, excited pod for the pod game. game. It's actually like week six is kind of not stacked. And so this wasn't even that much of a reach. But obviously, Tampa Bay Phillies can be a ton of fun. That entire week for the podcast is going to be great. So stoked for the pod game, uh, which is a Thursday night game. Yes, it's a Thursday night yeah, game. Very fun. We should get credentials uh, we, to that game and do the podcast live after the game. We should do. We should get credentials for the game and do the podcast during the game. In the game. Oh, on the field. What? Okay, see, I was, I was with you somewhat in the first step. <laughs> And then you just we're just up there far. in the press box doing a three-hour podcast. People sitting next to us want to be killed. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Week 7, Detroit Rams. Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Revenge Games. It's going to be kind of fun. All right, okay, 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 okay. Week 8, Chicago, San Francisco. Fields v. Lance. Lance playing by week 8. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Yep. Week 9, Green Bay, Kansas City. Could have been the Super Bowl last year. I feel like it would be a fun game. Wow, Mahomes uh, versus Jordan Love. Yep. Week 10, uh, I have Niners, Rams, or Packers, Seahawks. Both are perfectly fine. Kind of depends on where we are in the season, who's healthy and playoffs and whatever. Uh, the My fallback whenever a week didn't have an interesting matchup otherwise wasn't the NFC West matchup because all of those teams are good. Uh, week 11, Atlanta, New England, 28-3. <laughs> okay. Get it? Yeah, yeah no, I, get, I, no, I get it. History, yeah, I get it. Week 12, Baltimore, Cleveland. 
or Rams Green Bay. Again, both really good options. Baltimore Cleveland's a primetime game. Last time Baltimore Cleveland played in primetime was the poop game, uh, which was an awesome game. So excited about that one. Week 13, I can't remember Henry, San Francisco, Seattle. Week 14, Tampa Bay, Buffalo. Week 15, yeah, Bay, Baltimore. Week 16, Cleveland, Green Bay. Week 17, Baltimore, Rams. And then week 18, Rams, Niners. At that point, it's just playoff games. If I knew what a divisional, you know, like, oh, the Packers and the Vikings are fighting for a wild card spot, or the Bears and the Vikings are fighting for a wild card spot, then sure, I could pick that one. But I don't know that's going to happen yet. So I'll just pick the, the good divisional matchups. Well, we answered that one two different the, that question two completely different ways, and I think that we did a nice job attacking both sides. If I do say we, so we myself, answer that question two different ways. No, I answered. I the think that we answered the question. I think that we answered that very open ended interpretation question in great ways, and I'm proud of both of us. You put two seconds of effort into it, and I was scrolling through a, a schedule on my phone looking at tiny little icons trying to gauge the interest of games for like five minutes i agree oh. I'm, I'm proud of both of us i agree cody asked his next one brian flores after the draft talked about how jalen waddle and will fuller just being on the field will help them open up the running game i know ben's a fan of miles gaskin but i'm curious if you two believe that an improved passing offense can also make a consistent rushing attack Yes. Uh, consistent, efficient, probably not explosive, right? And and the degree to which a consistent and efficient running game really helps you, especially when we start getting into the January months, uh, you know, is up for debate. You'd really want explosiveness from it, right? You want that ability to rip off that huge run uh, and to be able to get chunk gains from your running game as well. That's what's really devastating. And Gaskin doesn't have that because he doesn't have elite long speed as uh as i think was referenced in the question but he doesn't uh elite tackle breaking ability he's like shifty but he's not you know uh uh impossible alvin Kamara contact balance or anything like that and he's not powerful he's not rocked up like a nick chubb or a derrick henry uh and so yeah you're gonna get lighter boxes because you have speed threats on the field so long as Tua can connect with those deep patterns that'll be great it'll help you get numbers in the running game it'll make your five yard gains easier um, but I don't think Gaskin's going to be ripping off chunk gains. And that's the problem with a player like Gaskin is that keeping you on schedule has a cap in terms of how valuable it is, especially when you start reaching other good teams that, you know, all right, if you're, if you've got a running game, that's just like an on schedule running game, you're scoring in 12 play drives, then you're going up against the bills offense and they're scoring in six play drives. And there's so much, uh, greater of a margin for error in a 12 play drive than a six play drive. And that's what you start to run into. And so, uh, Yes, I think the question was like a, a capable running game or an efficient running game or an effective running game. Like yes, but also there's still going to be a cap on it, which is a shame. Yeah, they, Cody uses the word consistent here, and this this kind of brings in the argument of like do running backs matter? Like this this is this is part of that conversation because if you have an efficient enough passing game, if you are a threat in the passing game at all times with some high-impact players that, you know, when you're talking about Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, these are players that their speed, their athleticism demands that you put multiple pairs of eyes on them just to, just to make sure that you're watching them at all times. And like you mentioned, you know, you're getting lighter boxes when the passing game is connecting the way that it should, and that, of course, makes things easier on a running back. A good passing game does not 
make a running back better talent-wise. They are still who they are as a talent. And so, like, when you mention Miles Gaskin, you talk about some things that you like with Miles Gaskin, but you mentioned, you know, he's not that kind of home run hitter running back. He's not a takeover kind of guy like Nick Chubb. You know, like, there are limitations to just who Miles Gaskin is. Now, can a good passing attack, especially with two speed elements like Fuller and Waddle, is that beneficial to a running game? Is that Does that make the running game more complementary by nature? Yes, I think that that all works. If you have a good passing game and if you are always a threat to really hit people for 8-yard gains, 12-yard gains, 18-yard gains through the air just consistently, all of a sudden the defense has to really shift their focus because almost like what you said there with the Buffalo Bills, if you could pass the ball efficiency and explosively, you will score in six plays. And that then has to be the greater threat than nickel and diming down the field on the ground. So then you have to allocate a lot more eyes and a lot more, I guess, how do I say this? Just like coverage adjustments, defensive overall adjustments into the passing game first. Of course, that would take bodies away from the line of scrimmage. That takes bodies away from the box. And that makes it easier to pick up those four or five yard gains, as you mentioned there. So I think that the nature of the answer to this question is yes. The better passing game you have, especially if it's to some very explosive playmakers, makes for an easier time running the ball because hopefully you don't have linebackers creeping up to the line of scrimmage. You're not so predictable there. You're not getting the extra safety help that's coming towards the line of scrimmage as well because these guys have all got to be backed up because they can't get beat deep. They can't get beat over top of them. So I think that it does that, but at the same time, you— you can't just sit here and say, because if you want to turn this question into a, well, should Miami have allocated more resources in a running back instead, you still, I think, and, and Miami, I think, fully believes this, they want to upgrade at running back. And I think they will at some point. But when they do, they've also got a lot of really good pass catchers and some guys who are big-time threats there to where you can really feed off of each other and have a balanced threat of an offense that really just keeps their defense on the heels, on the their heels, English is hard, no matter what you're doing, whether you're passing or you're running on the ground. So that's kind of my thoughts there. Jason asks this next one. Explain the deep state NFL conspiracy of not allowing the Indianapolis Colts to host a Sunday night or Monday night football game. He said it's been five years, and this will be six that they have not hosted one. Of the Colts, 31, primetime... Oh, no, Frick, this is a... Mm. Uh, is this... Play? Well, no, it's not. It's sick. Okay. Since 2011, <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts have hosted the lowest percentage of primetime games in the NFL, and I'm not sure why. This is uh, Matt Newell for the Indianapolis Star. Of the 31 primetime games, just nine have been in Indianapolis, which is 29%. Miami, Buffalo, the Giants, and Minnesota round out the top or bottom five. So, okay, take Miami out, and it's cold but also teams that have not been that good recent i mean so like other cold teams that get primetime games there are what green bay chicago green bay and chicago are always going to get primetime new england new england's always going to get it but then also like the jets the eagles like we'll throw them in there um detroit detroit uh, yeah, I got nothing for you there with Detroit. Right. Most okay, so most of the time the primetime games are obviously going to be hosted on the West Coast because clocks. <laughs> because time. 
Yeah, uh, Miami, Buffalo, the Giants. Those are, excuse me, those are all Eastern Time Zone. Indianapolis is also Eastern Time Zone. Minnesota is Central Time Zone. I have no answer. I don't know. I will say that, like, obviously, you, I get like why attending a primetime game is probably a lot of fun, but also like, especially as like a reporter, like primetime games suck. Uh, so I wouldn't be too too broken up about it to be honest you know for players it's easier to establish a routine if you're regularly playing at 12 or excuse me at one so but yeah that i always is weird i always love primetime games and the bucks didn't get very many like they had a couple of thursday night games but they were in primetime when i was when i was with peer report and it was always funny because it, you know at the time i'm a i'm a i'm a 26 year old reporter you know working a dream job covering their hometown team as a full-time beat reporter so like I didn't care if it was a late night you know I wouldn't go into bed right. until late anyways but it was always so funny because my editor uh Mark Cook who I absolutely love he'd just be sitting next to me in the press box and he's just like I can't believe we're here this late. Like, and then we got to do the podcast afterwards. He's like, I'm not going to get home until like 2 a.m. And I'm just like, yeah, I know it's great, right? We're sitting here covering a football game and it's getting so fun. Right, yeah. it's, it's just, and obviously like, I love him. It's all, it's all in good fun. And he, he thought he believes that as well. He knows that, uh, that it's a lot of fun doing what we do. It's just always very funny because him and I, I think Scott as well, my, my other boss at Peer Report. They're both just like, because preseason too, preseason was the worst because the Bucks have so many preseason games that start at 7 p.m., you know, and they're going three hours long. And a lot of times in, in the month of August, it's raining in Tampa. And so there's going to be like a rain delay and we're sitting there covering a preseason game until like one in the morning. And so, I, yeah, I, I think for reporters, they probably don't like the primetime games, but I know fans miss them. I don't know why the NFL has got this vendetta against uh, in, in Indianapolis here. That's that's really weird. I uh, got to tell you guys about BuiltBar.com. These are the best tasting protein bars that you will ever have. They have nine delicious flavors that are always around, and then sometimes they'll throw in some limited edition flavors as well. That's why you just always got to be checking up over at BuiltBar.com. These protein bars have low calories, low sugar, but also really high in protein, and they're high in fiber as well. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked 15, that's locked in the 1-5, and you're going to get 15% off of your first order of the best protein bars that you are ever going to have. Promise you, you order these bad boys, you're never going to go back. Use the promo code LOCK15, 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Final Fan Friday questions coming up after the break. All right, Brad asked this question, and I wanted to get to it because I wanted to get to it last week, and we just did not have time. He said, do we put too much stock in the trade value chart? It's been brought up a lot in discussions about the Jets' uh, Elijah Vera Tucker trade up, but to me, a team that has an abundance of picks and a need at a premium position shouldn't worry about 45 or 50 points on the draft value chart. So, as fans, probably, you know what I mean? Like, if you're a Jets fan and you hear me say, oh, I think the Jets may be overpaid to go get a guard— and then you're like, oh, the Elijah Vera Tucker pick is bad because we overpaid. Like, that's one thing. It's probably just like, hey, like, he's going to be a really good guard. He's going to be good for your team. And it's, it's not your pick value. I was going to say it's like it's not your money, but it's not even money. It's just big value. Um, you know what I mean? Like, Vera Tucker, I think, is going to be really, really good for the Jets. And I think that 
He's going to start for them, and he's going to start for them. His entire rookie contract, and he's going to be a high-impact starter. So I think he's that caliber of a player. I was very, very high on him. From a general managing perspective, it obviously matters a little bit more because we talk about this a lot. Like, a head coach wants to win now, and a GM wants to win, like, two years from now. And a big part about GMing is defraying risk, right? Like, it's it's protecting your own back. It's it's protecting your own investments. It's assuming things are going to go wrong. Uh, I just wrote about how, like, you know, Chris Ballard needs to get on his horse and do something. But at the same time, every GM in the league can learn from Chris Ballard because Ballard makes picks assuming that they won't work and tries to plan around that, right? So he takes Darius Leonard, and Darius Leonard is amazing. And in the very next draft, he takes Bobby Okariki in case that Leonard just stops being amazing. Uh, you know, he he drafts Kamogo Toure, and then he drafts Van Vanagoo. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's there is a concerted effort in like double dipping and, and and giving yourself more exposure to like different investments if you want to put it in like a stock market perspective and that kind of again it defrays your risk so when you pour multiple picks into one player you're inviting extra risk and so that's where like these these analytical uh, uh perspectives on trade ups are usually very bearish on the idea right it's you you should not be trading up you should be trading back. You should not be overconfident in your own ability to evaluate. The Jimmy Johnson trade value chart thing is like a different conversation because obviously teams all have their different value charts, but then you try to call a team and make a trade and their value chart looks different than your value chart. So you end up using the Jimmy Johnson value chart because everybody knows the Jimmy Johnson value chart. So like grading the exact like who won the trade after it happened thing is also pretty tied up and, and it's difficult to say. But, like, I think that, yes, as fans, we can definitely get way too amped up into, you know, oh, like, they got bad value on the Jimmy Johnson chart, and so the Elijah Veritaka pick was a mistake. Right. Well, not right. necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be good. And, like, it's it, it was a team-building decision. May not have been the decision you would have made if you were the GM, but there's a lot going on that the GM knows that you don't. And so it's just like, I, as a fan, go watch some Elijah Veritaka highlights. Do they have highlights of guards? I don't know. And that'll be like, oh, this is sick. He's the man. Uh, as a general manager, no. I don't think that too much is, is placed on that. And I do think appropriate re- allocation of resources is a big, 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 big part of general managing. And so when we do our best to evaluate how well a general manager manages generally, uh, that's a portion of the decision-making process that we have to look at. Yeah, when, when this trade went down and when Joe Marino gave – us a lot of pushback on on the live stream I was kind of able to you know I I was pushing back on him because he was pushing back on the trade that happened but I I like the Jets going up and getting Elijah Vera Tucker because I think it made sense and I formulated my thoughts it in more detail after the draft and you know I said that most of the time you don't want to be trading up there's not a lot of players that like you just said you're giving up assets for that could be that could be other players that could very well help you out just as much it's just getting them later in the draft and with this mostly being a crapshoot having a lot of darts to throw at the dartboard gives you a better chance and you just never know especially because when you have their coaching staff and when you get a guy and it really clicks for them and they really adapt to what you're teaching them and how they can achieve their potential all, there's so many things that go into a college football player becoming a really good pro and it's not just situation or where you were drafted or th- it's 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 just it's so much and with so many variables 
yeah, you kind of want to bet on the fact that you got more darts in your hand to throw on a lot of guys. So I would tell you that trading up in general, yeah, is probably not the right move, but it's never a, to me at least, it's never a, we never do this. We're not going to do this. This never makes sense. Because just as every player has a lot of context on how they achieve their potential, I think that all sorts of moves and timing and things like that have a lot of context in it as well. I think generally, you want to make sure that you are upholding a practice where you're getting plenty of players into your organization every single year via the draft. I think that you want to have good value on what you're doing, and I think that you want to be smart about the picks that you have, and really trading up is is, is not always the right decision unless it's for an extremely high-impact premium position that can really make a difference for your football team. There, there would certainly be argument to how much that really matters, even outside of just quarterback. Like I'm talking like, yeah, I know that pass rush is a premium position. I know that left tackle is a premium position. I know that sometimes a, a shutdown, lockdown corner can also have that kind of impact. I get that, but for a lot of times, if you're not trading up for a quarterback, do one of those guys really make an impact more than somebody else could or more than you might be able to get over the next couple of years? Context then comes into that. Where are you in a winning window? Where are you with your roster? Where are you with your contracts? And I believe that sometimes it is absolutely worth it to go up and go get a guy that is simply going to make your football team better. I thought that's what the Jets did with Elijah Vera Tucker. And people are like, no, you don't trade up for a guard. Why are you giving up third-round picks to go up and just get a player who's a guard? You can get guards anywhere. I get it, but this is a team that has a lot of draft picks over the next couple of years. They're not in a winning window yet. They're building what they want, and they're building in front of Zach Wilson, which I think is going to be very important. And even though I think that it is vital to an organization and the health of how you build the team to go about things the right way and not get careless, I also think that every now and then there is a player and there is a move to make that might go against the numerical logic of a value chart that just is you going up to go get a good football player that you know is going to help out your team. And I think that that really does exist in certain situations. And I think this was the situation here with Elijah Vera Tucker. They went up, they went and got a good football player that they really want, who they're going to trust for a long, long time. And I think that value of analytics is very important for drafting, but I don't think it makes things black and white. It's still gray. You've still got to find the middle ground, whether it's leaning one way or the other. So that's kind of what I, how I feel about that. Michael asked this next one. Lions fans here. I'd just like to say you've ended your last three comments with, so that's just kind of what I think about that. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know? And that's just kind of what I think about. And that's just kind of yeah. what I think about, about what I kind of think about, you know? Okay. Just, yeah. Next question is from Kevin. That's just kind of what Kevin thinks about it. No, this one's from Michael. <laughs> Lions fan here. Are the Lions going to be the first 0-17 team? I'm very excited for the new direction that we're headed, but I also understand there will be growing pains in a real rebuild. I'm cool with that. We were the first 0-16 team ever, uh, so do we become the first 0-17 team ever? Your thoughts? I don't think so. No. 17 uh, <laughs> 0s. You got to be special. Hard. You got to exactly. be special to be that bad. It, it takes effort to go winless. Uh, and, and shout out for the Lions for doing it. It was very impressive work. Uh, kudos to who was the head coach? I can't remember now. Of who? Of the Lions in the 16. I just assumed it was Hugh Jackson. I know it wasn't. No, that was the Browns when they went. No, I know, but that's, I just one. assumed it was. Right. Hugh they went, did they go 0 16 or 0 15 and 1? No, they went 0 16. Oh, and 16. Okay. For some reason. Oh, no. And then later he went like 115 and 1. Oh, it was Rod Marinelli. Of course it was Rod Marinelli. Anyway, 
Um, no, I don't think they go 0 and 17 this year. I do think they have a top. Oh, it was Rod Marinelli. I do think they have a top five pick next year, though. I mean, so. I don't think. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a long rebuild here for Detroit. Yeah. So that's just the way it's going to be. Going to be a fun season. Tim asked this question. I'm purposefully sending this late again. After being called an idiot by Ben on your podcast last Friday. Appreciate the shout out there, Tim. Did I, I call just, Tim an idiot or are you an idiot? No, I'm pretty sure you called Tim an idiot because this was oh. the this is the question last week. There's no way this was the question last week. No, 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 no. It's asked- a, no, no, no. It's not the same exact question, but Tim asked a question, and within answering okay. the question, you somehow got to the conclusion of calling our good friend and ally of the pod, Tim, a, a, an idiot. So now there's redemption here. He said, I've decided to challenge Ben to a duel. Should he choose to accept said challenge, please tell me with what weapon could Ben win a duel against him? Also, a play-by-play of how the duel would actually go. Okay. Are we going like Are we going like colonial duel here? You get one bullet, well, five paces. I, in my head, all duels are paces, pistols. That could be a could be a Yu Gi Oh duel. Wait, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's better because there's no chance of me dying. No, there's but no, 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 no. But losing. it's like the it's the it's like the. Monsters come to life, giant simulation kind of a thing, so maybe you'll die. I don't know. Okay, monsters come to life, maybe I die. Giant simulation, I definitely don't die. I, e, I that's know, man, they make it real realistic in the show that, like, the people holding the cards actually get hurt. All right. I would... Either way, I have a lot more experience playing Yu-Gi-Oh than I do shooting a pistol, if we're going to be honest here. So, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh duel. Did not realize this was an option. This is now the option. Uh, and then the play-by-play is, I don't know, pretty standard 23-minute Yu-Gi-Oh episode. You eat, eat into my life points pretty quickly. You get your main monster set up, like, right away. I pull out an unbelievable win using cards that other more impressive duelists would never use. Part of the cards, baby. There's beautiful magic play in the background. I do one of those dramatic draws. Oh, like, yeah. Five, there's only one card in my deck, and I draw it, and it's like, it's like a big, like, slice of light across the black screen. Yeah. Yeah, suck it, Tim. Get better at Yu-Gi-Oh, idiot. Would you, uh, wow, okay, that's not called for. Well, no, 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 I'm not doing, I'm, that's redacted. That's redacted from the I podcast. It. It's absolutely it. sorry, redacted. Too. Hold on, are you gonna, are you gonna have, like, the, the pyramid necklace that makes your voice way deeper? Or is that not that thing? No, I don't think so. No? You're I do gonna... gotta find a cool jacket that flaps in non-existent wind, though. And you gotta have, like, the spiky hair, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Which, I mean, like, anytime I roll out of bed and don't shower, my hair already looks like that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, Joseph asked this next one. If you could become a general manager for a team in any national league except for the NFL, which one would it be and why? I mean, so, like, it's probably the 76ers, but at the same time... There's a lot of pressure for you, though. I really, exactly. I really love the 76ers. Yeah, right, right, so, right. Like, I would be the GM of the 76ers. I would hire Daryl Morey to be my director of, I was going to say football ops, of basketball ops. And then I would have him do the whole job. And I'll just collect the paycheck and the glory. Um, but if it's like I legitimately have to do the job. Um, I mean, it's probably still a basketball team uh, because that's that's the league I pay the most, most attention to besides the NFL that actually has general managers. Uh, does baseball have general managers? Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's probably a basketball team. 
what's a small market with no pressure? I mean, Utah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Utah. I, 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 w- I would have told you Milwaukee before they got Giannis, but right. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Indiana. Utah is yeah. probably a good one. I'll just hang out somewhere. I'll be the general manager. We'll win fifty games a year. First, first round playoff exit. And and we'll we'll. We'll draft a lot of shooters. I'll tell you that we're for, for a lot of points. Well, play much defense. While we're while we're here on this topic, I uh, I went to a Charlotte Hornets game yesterday, and uh, they're bad. They stink. Lonzo's good though. I mean, Lonzo, Lonzo is fun, and uh, like they got some fun players who like every now and then will give you a fun play. But Clippers beat them by like twenty six, and like Kawhi Leonard didn't even play the fourth quarter. Like <laughs> it would just. It was not even close. It was yeah, they stink. They the pick. Sixers who the Sixers have uh, had two games in the last four days where if they win it, they lock up the first seed in the East and they've lost it both times. So I'm having a great time watching basketball recently. My my answer would either be the New York Knicks because I don't care about the Knicks at all whatsoever, but. If I were to make a championship roster with the Knicks and win them a title, I'd be beloved forever. I would also get to live in New York lavishly with my general manager contract. Right, but it's also the Knicks. It's not going to happen. What do you mean? What's not going to happen? Winning a championship. No, yeah, but like I, I, you know, like if I don't win a championship, like okay, that's fine. Like I said at the beginning, I don't care about the Knicks. So, like that doesn't that doesn't really hurt me. I'm still like cashing a paycheck for like three or four years probably before I get fired, but I get to live in New York. I make hella bank and I get to go to Madison square garden all the time and just like sit in the suite. And like, that's, that's super cool. Or, or I'd like to be the general manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, because I think that being the GM of a baseball team would be cool. It would be stressful and a lot, but like you'd get that dynasty feel to building the team because you'd also have to have your eye on like all the triple A, the double A, the single A guys, the players in college, like everything. Like you'd you'd basically be having your eye on on all sorts of farm systems and everything. So it would give you almost this massive dynasty kind of a feel. So I love that. And plus, I wouldn't want to be the general manager for a baseball team that didn't have a lot of money because that'd be no fun because then you could just never get any better. So I'd I'd want to be the Dodgers. Right. I have a new answer. Okay. You know that you know the, the image of the little like baby duck holding a butter knife. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's me right now. Ready? Okay. WNBA, give Philadelphia an expansion team. Maybe a general manager. All right, there we go. Nice. I want an expansion WNBA team in Philly so bad. Randy, how about uh, rooting for an expansion team is just awesome in general. Like, we suck, but it's new. Like that's <laughs> that vibe is great. <laughs> And I like want to get more into the WNBA because it's like seems like it's cool and a good time and like I'm learning more about the players who are coming out and like you're seeing these like really good college players and it seems exciting. But I'm not trying to root for freaking the the Las Vegas Aces. Wait, why not? Because they're not from Philly. <laughs> I want. Why does it Philly have a WNBA? Liz Cambage is awesome. Yeah, Asia, they drafted Asia Wilson's uh, awesome. No, yeah, they they they've. They took uh, uh who is the the Washington Kelsey Plum I think it was uh who, yes. she was so yeah, much yeah, fun yeah, to watch yeah. at UW. Uh, but no, if there's any city that will just like ludicrously it, 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 
stubbornly, relentlessly stand a bad expansion team for five years. It's Philadelphia. Come on. Philadelphia, baby. Give me an expansion, WNBA team. Let's go. Okay, do you... I can't remember if we've talked about this before. Did Do you know anything about what happened in the 2021 WNBA draft, really? No. Okay, because the Dallas Wings had three of the first five picks. That's casual. It's relaxed. Three of the first five. I can you imagine if that happened in the in the NFL? When I was watching the WNBA draft, I was just like, if this happened in the NFL, we'd all be losing our minds. Can you imagine if the Jets had like the first pick, the second pick, and the fifth pick? We'd be going nuts. I, I think. I think it's even like. But, like, imagine what happens, like, just in the NBA because early picks are so much more important in basketball, at least in, in the NBA, than they are in the NFL. I sure. Like. Right. Right. All right. I was mainly, I, I mainly brought that up because uh, my girl Chelsea Dungy went to the Dallas Wings with the fifth overall pick. So maybe I'd take over the Dallas Wings three. and just, like, build the whole team over Chelsea Dungy. All right, we got uh, – actually, this is probably going to be our last one. This, this is the last one we got time for. Scott asked this one. He said, best schedule released by NFL team social media departments. By a mile. By a country mile, it is not close to Kansas City Chiefs. Did you uh, watch that? Yeah, ever? no, the, Chief, the Chiefs one is awesome. I have on here the Chiefs one's awesome. The Falcons one's hilarious. Did you see the Falcons one? No. The Falcons one is them doing a bachelor, bachelorette kind of like – spinoff um but they do it with that gridiron heights animation group that does all the nba stuff so it's oh, it's, yeah, it's it. very it's very well done but the reason why i think it's i think it's one of the best is because you click it and you start to watch it and you go oh, okay like it's gonna be a bachelor bachelorette one like this this isn't really gonna be funny and then like they get 10 seconds into the <laughs> it's they get like 10 seconds into the video and it's like so this is the falcon schedule release and then they just go the saints could never and i laughed so <laughs> that is hard funny. i screamed laughing when i heard that so i love that one uh the ravens one is also really good Ravens um, one was good the, uh, one of my favorites is the Cowboys one. Did you see the Cowboys one? I refuse to watch. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. NFC is. That, Post Malone's in it. Post Malone does it. And I I just think, I think the video oh, I didn't see overall is very yeah. funny. But the best part is when Post Malone walks into Jerry Jones's office and just looks at him and just goes, Jerry. And like the way <laughs> that he says it, I've watched this video like 10 times just to hear him go, Jerry, <laughs> um, the I, I think I feel like the Chargers have done this multiple years. Maybe I'm hallucinating, but the Chargers did their opponents as pop carts thread again, and yeah, it did. kills me every time because <laughs> it's just that so arbitrary. That is a good one. For those who don't know, that you should go watch the Chiefs one. The Chiefs one is just every they just had the the week and their opponent home and away Thursday night, Sunday night, whatever in the bottom left hand corner of every single clip. And so it's week one, you know, uh, home against the Broncos or whatever. And it's Andy Reid at a presser, right? Just like, you know, back behind him going, uh, you know, well, we look forward to the challenge of uh, playing the, the, the Broncos. And then week two, the Ravens. And it cuts to a different Andy Reid presser. And he goes, oh, we're, we're looking forward to the challenge of, uh, of facing the Ravens. It's and then I, week three, and it's the charge. He goes, all right, so we, uh, 
So we're looking forward to the challenge of uh, facing the Chargers and that for every single opponent. And it's unbelievable. I I never heard anybody reference the fact that Reed does this. I didn't know that either. It's yeah. so funny. No, I didn't know that either. That Those those were a handful of the ones that, that really made me laugh. The Ravens one is the ones where they're getting all the, the famous people to do the cameos of it. And mm-hmm. I, one of the cameos is actually that they, they put in a request for Lamar Jackson to do it. And Lamar's like, why is the team paying me to do a cameo <laughs> he like didn't understand For the those are good those are those are some of our favorites if you haven't seen those go go on twitter and go follow the team accounts and go watch them they're they're very fun there we go everybody that's fan friday that was a blast that was a lot of fun appreciate everybody who asked questions and got in on the show if we missed out on your question this week sorry it's not because we hate you personally just because we don't have the time to do it. You guys are asking some awesome questions, though. Fan Fridays has just gotten better and better. Like I've said before, if we didn't get to one of your questions and you think that you were like, oh, man, this was such a great Fan Friday question, I hope they answer it. We're going to go back and we're going to do the um, Lost Island of, of of not answered Fan Friday questions where you guys can bring them back up and, and, and we'll give you another chance to answer them. So we're going to be doing that all summer as things get a little bit looser, a little bit crazier uh, during the downtime of things. On Monday, we're getting back to our divisional draft recaps. We're four divisions in right now, which means that we got four more to go. We're going through every single team, every single division, looking at their draft class, all of their picks. We're telling you what we thought about them, how it impacts their upcoming 2021 season and beyond. And we're going to finish that out next week before, of course, another episode of Fan Friday to finish things out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.